Don't buy the worst house in the best neighborhood. Instead, buy a decent house in the most expensive neighborhood you can afford a home in. Welcome, my friend, to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless. And before we get into the show in today's episode, which I know you'll get a lot of value from because we're, we stay out of all the fluffy stuff and we get straight into the good stuff of real estate investing advice, I want to give a quick shout out to today's sponsor, and that's Patch of Land. Uh, they are making this show possible, and they're making tons of flipping projects possible all across the country. If you don't know about Patch of Land, then they are the number one company to go to for uh, projects that you're flipping uh, because they have all the money available right now. Um, once you get approved for your your deal and yourself as a sponsor or a borrower, um, you're going to be funded by them. And then they go raise the money through their crowdfunding platform. So you don't have to worry about all that. They'll take care of the, the money and the funding for you. You just have to worry about making sure your project's, project's a success. Uh, they've got something really cool for you. So um, if you are just learning about crowdfunding, uh, they've come up with a guide. It's called the Top 10 Crowdfunding Questions Guide. And they're all the, the questions that you might be asking yourself. And they're all the answers. They don't leave you hanging. They've got answers too. All the answers to those, those 10 crowdfunding questions. So you can go to patchofland.com forward slash best ever and get that guide. Uh, and if you think you know everything about crowdfunding, I check this guide out just in case because there are some interesting aspects that you'll learn. So go to patchofland.com forward slash best ever and get that guide. Best ever listeners, how's it going? Welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show. I'm Joe Fairless and today we're going to do follow along Friday and usually on follow along Friday I talk about what I'm up to and um, I'm going to briefly talk about that. But the majority of our time today I want to discuss uh, a book that I read which kind of ties into follow along Friday because that's what I do. I read at least one book a month. You know, through this show, I hear 30 different recommendations per month from guests during the lightning round. And so there's not enough hours in the day to read all of them. But I do try and read one book. Well, I don't try. I do read at least one book a month. And the book I read this month is called The New Rules of Real Estate. And it's by the executives at Zillow, Spencer, the CEO, and Stan the chief economist. And what I'm going to do from here on out after I finish a book that I, I think would be valuable for you, I want to talk about the the things I've learned from that book. And, you know, it certainly isn't even the cliff notes, but it is five things that uh, you, that I found surprising, I think you'll be able to apply in your business and, um, you know, help you be more successful. Really quick, though, before I do the top five things I learned from the new rules of real estate, I want to mention what I've been up to. And again, I'm going to do this really quick. I've got my 168 units in Cincinnati. That's on the market, as I've mentioned. And we've been fielding some offers for that and nothing under contract. Still going back and forth with a couple potential buyers. So more updates on that as there's some substance to update. Similar with the 250-unit apartment community 
we closed on early in August. I'll have more of a status update in the next couple of weeks on that, but it is going as projected and uh, it's been great working with the management team there in Houston and having a business partner who just knows the business through and through and specializes in the market and is able to not only be a partner, but then also you know put their money own money in the deal, which makes a world of difference whenever you have a partner that does that. There's definitely another layer of accountability. My meetup in Cincinnati had my second one. You know, I moved to Cincinnati two or three months ago, and I immediately started my own meetup. The reason why I did that is because it's going to allow me to make meaningful friends, have meaningful friendships uh, versus going to you know, a regular meetup. And I think you can create meaningful relationships, but there's a big difference between being an attendee and being a thought leader who's organizing it all. Even if I'm just coordinating and planning and the one who sets the stage for people to talk, that's pretty valuable. And that's a great way to make more friends and you know be in a position as, as someone who people come to for certain things. I also had my first board meeting for Junior Achievement. It is a, a nonprofit organization and well, all over the country, I volunteered in New York for it, and now I'm doing the same thing in Cincinnati. Now I'm on the board, and last, uh, th- actually this past week, uh, or this week, I was, I actually taught my first class in Cincinnati at Withrow High School, where I taught an 11th grade class, some entrepreneurship skills, and I'll be doing that for the next three weeks. So the... And, you know, one lesson that I just want to very quickly touch on that I talked to them about, it's from the, my favorite book, well, one of my favorite books, Things I Wish I Knew When I Was 20. And the class I'm teaching is on entrepreneurship, and the class is going to create a business from scratch that with only $20 seed money, and they have one month to make it profitable, and at the end of the month, they'll be evaluated based on profitability and creativity and some other things. Well, in the book, Things I Wish I Knew When I Was 20, the author talks about how she did that similar, she did a similar exercise with her Stanford students. And the winning class or the winning group that presented, they didn't even present at the end of the month period. What they did is they sold their time to a local business who wanted to reach college students in that class period and sell them on whatever product or service that they had. So the takeaway there for you know for for real estate investors entrepreneurs is it's not necessarily how much money you have it's how resourceful you can be with what you have so how resourceful you can be with the resources that you have and i mentioned that example to the high school class and really got their wheels turning so that's going really well the cincinnati move and then again, very quickly, and then we're getting, getting, getting to the five things. I had a third eye blind experience. Every one of their concerts is an, is an experience. Went to something called Taste of Blue Ash, where you sample all sorts of different treats. And that was just a great time. And I'm also, during the month of September, becoming certified in scuba. So I don't know if I'm going to have a book 
at the end of this month to share on a follow-along Friday because unless you want to learn about scuba, but I don't think, <laughs> I don't think there, well, there, I'm sure there's ways that I can apply that, but uh, I, I think we'll steer clear of a summary of, on how to scuba, but you can feel free to tweet me at Joe Fairless if you want some scuba tips. So with that being said, <laughs> uh, I just like the term scuba tips. With that being said, let's talk about the five things that I learned from the book, The New Rules of Real Estate. Number one, this is really interesting, they can predict if an area is going to appreciate based on three things. You want to know those three things? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm sure you do. I did too whenever they, when they made that claim. All right, number one. Well, first, before we get into number one, these gentlemen are going at it from a data perspective. They go at it by looking at all of the information that they have access to, that Zillow has access to. So I liked reading this book because typically real estate books are about are, are from the firsthand experience, deals that that investor has done, deals that the author has done, and their experiences from those deals. Whereas this is taking a look at a lot of data across the board and coming in with a, an opinion and some insights that they drive from that information. So number one, how they, from a data standpoint, predict Uh, a market is going to appreciate. Here are the three things. One, look for an old neighborhood. The older the home is, the more likely a given neighborhood will appreciate. And the reason why is because an older home has more room to improve, whereas newer homes don't have as much room to improve. Therefore, their appreciation is capped to a certain extent. So older homes would be uh, an older home neighborhood would be one of the th- one of the three things to look for. The second thing to look for, and you know the second thing already, but I'm going to mention it because it's part of the three. Look for a place that's not too far away from the action. So you want to be where everybody wants to be to do whatever they want to do. So whether it's sports or whether it's just like a bar district or nightlife district or certain areas that are close to city amenities like a port or a park. Be close to where the action is in your city, and that's going to be unique to every city. But the third thing is something that you might not know. I didn't. Uh, Look for a neighborhood with low rate of homeownership because what this does is, all right, you've got an old neighborhood with lots of homes that can be improved, it's right next to where all, all the action is, and you've got a lot of renters, so it hasn't turned over yet. That's the perfect storm, according to the fellows at Zillow, of how to predict if a market or an area is going to appreciate. That's the first thing I learned. Number two, buy a decent house in the most expensive neighborhood you can afford a home in that is not, here's the kicker, that is not in the bottom 10%. Usually we hear, buy the worst house in the best neighborhood. They're saying, don't do that. Don't buy the worst house in in the best neighborhood. Because the worst homes, the bottom 10% in the best neighborhoods, they underperform homes that you could have purchased in a little bit lesser nice neighborhoods, but for the same price. Those second homes would have appreciated more. So don't buy the worst house in the best neighborhood. Instead, Buy a decent house in the most expensive neighborhood you can afford a home in that is not in the bottom 10% of that neighborhood. 
So that was number two. Number three, this wasn't a surprise to me, but it was just nice to hear again. And for anyone looking at homes and in the inspection process, uh, here here's some quick tips on how to find a home inspector and how to find a good one. Ask how long they've been in business, how experienced and how qualified they are. Make sure they're licensed, bonded, and insured. And one thing that they, or th- four things they do not check for. They don't check the soil. They don't check for termites. They don't check for mold. And they don't check for radon. So those are four things that you'll want to independently have looked at, typically not by a home inspector. So don't think that they're, they're checking those things out. Number four, home renovations. This is <laughs> surprising. So if I were to ask you, what is the best home renovation you can make to your home to increase its value the most? What would you say? What is the best renovation you can do to your home to increase the value the most? Best bang for your buck. What's the best bang for your buck? So dollars in, looking at the dollars in that you spend, and then what is it worth afterwards, and what was the best investment to do? If you said kitchen renovations, that's the opposite of true. Kitchen renovations are actually the lowest returns, but if you said a mid-range bathroom remodel, you are correct, best ever listener. It is a mid-range bathroom remodel. That is the best return that you can get. And the reason why it's mid-range, not high-range, is because at a certain point, there's diminishing returns on what they call functionality over fashion. When you upgrade something, and this goes back to the principle on older homes have more room to appreciate than newer homes, When you have a a bathroom that's just nasty and doesn't work and you upgrade it to a mid-level range, then now you've got a nice bathroom. Whereas if you got a mid-level range to a a very, very nice bathroom, then you've increased the value but not proportionately for what you're investing compared to the zero to mid-range. So bathroom remodels, and they've got a whole list of stuff that you can um, that you can renovate and the, the returns. So I recommend checking that out. And then number five, guess which week in the year is the best week to list your house for sale? Take a guess. I really want you to guess. Guess. Okay, you got your guess. Did you say summertime sometime? Sometime in the summer? Did you say sometime in the spring, winter, fall? Now, it's a little bit specific to where you're at in the country because people like to buy and sell when it's nicer weather. So, you know, nicer weather is changes to for different areas of the country. But what they found is that the last week of March across the board, when you look at all the data, the last week of March sold the fastest and for the most money. And they basically said, after you should list your house, after you fill out your NCAA bracket, this is a quote from the book, after you fill out your NCAA bracket, but before someone wins the Masters Golf Tournament at Augusta National. So list your house sometime in that time frame, within that time frame. So, And what that does is it misses the onslaught of all the homes that are coming on the market because you're, you're listing it either right before or right after all the other homes are. And when you are doing that, you're not getting caught up in all the clutter that all the other listings are bringing to the MLS. And when people finally search for it, 
during this week that you're listing it, you're at the top of the search ranking. So you avoid the rush. Avoid the rush and just hit the market one week earlier than when most of the homes are going to hit your market in your area. So those are the things I learned from the book. I highly recommend checking it out. If you're a real estate agent, check it out. If you're a homeowner, I would check it out. From an investor standpoint, it was beneficial. It's not geared towards investors, but you can extrapolate some of the information and make it easily apply to what we do as you know we've talked about as far as finding appreciating markets. I mean, how beneficial would that be for all you flippers out there? You know, finding a market that you not only do the flip really well, but you also do it in a market that has the perfect storm of it's an old neighborhood, uh, it's close to action, and there's a low rate of home ownership. So I hope this was valuable for you. Um, it certainly was a valuable book for me. And if you check out, I actually have a couple other bullet points in the show notes. Uh, you can go to my website, joefairless.com forward slash show, joefairless.com forward slash show and check out this post. And I've got a couple other things I learned from the book. We just didn't have time to, to talk through today. Hope you've had a wonderful week. I hope you have a wonderful weekend and I'll talk to you tomorrow. crowdfunding. You've heard about it. Now it's time for you to learn about it. Our best ever sponsor today, Patch of Land, they're the leading expert in the crowdfunding space and they've got all the answers to all of your crowdfunding questions. Go to patchofland.com forward slash best ever and get your copy of the top 10 answers to the top 10 crowdfunding questions. That's p-a-t-c-h-o-f-l-a-n-d.com forward slash best ever. Best ever listeners, do you remember Danny Johnson from Lead Propeller? Uh, I interviewed him on episode 294. If you haven't listened to it or if you're you're uh, having a hard time recalling what that episode was, definitely go check it out because it was a great episode on house flipping and then kind of establishing yourself as a credible buyer whenever you're speaking to sellers and why that's important. And one of the things that Danny does is through his house flipping business, he's developed a website a template or templates uh, that he uses to generate thousands of leads for his own business. And he's like, this makes a lot of sense to share with others uh, and build another business around it. So he's got a company called Lead Propeller, L-E-A-D-P-R-O-P-E-L-L-E-R. And they're clean, simple to use modern websites uh, that he uses uh, for his company when he flips. And he's also got different templates to choose from if you're not a flipper and perhaps you're a buy and hold or you rent out properties or you wholesale or even if you buy land, he's got templates for all of that. And he's giving uh, the best of our listeners a special discount, 75% off the first month when you enter in best ever, B-E-S-T-E-V-E-R uh, on his website whenever you um, whenever you order. So uh, go ahead and check it out, Lead Propeller, L-E-A-D. P-R-O-P-E-L-L-E-R dot com and put in best ever and grab your 75% off discount for the first month.